welcome to Exploring the Marketplace podcast. My co-host is Bob Hassan, and we are creating a conversation with Christian marketplace leaders who have careers that have been impacted by their faith. We are also answering your questions about entrepreneurship, business leadership, careers, and how the kingdom of God changes your impact in the marketplace. Come join the conversation now. Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace, Sean. Today we have Jordan Rubin. How did you meet him? You know, it was a while, Bob, because remember when I went to Israel a year ago with Rabbi Jason? Right before COVID broke out, we went and we took a group of young leaders, only like 10 people all together. And randomly, TBN wanted me to come and be on TBN Israel. They were there at the same time. And we're in the office. Shree was with me and she partnered the trip with these young leaders. And we go into the TBN studios and run into Jordan. We have a little five-minute powwow. And then later on, we're supposed to be in the car with Matt and Lori Crouch going to dinner. And he was supposed to be in a business meeting with these guys. And we run into each other again in the hallway. And we talked. We're Literally, they kept trying to pull us apart for an hour and a half. And we were geeking out spiritually because Jordan defined some things for both Sri and I, mainly some of the tracks that Sri's been leading us down with the revelation she's been getting about agriculture and farming and about just stewardship over the earth. It kind of environmentalism, but not in the traditional sense, not in the liberal sense. And he just defined it. And he had so much revelation that it was like drinking from a fire hose, That, but we couldn't be quenched in our thirst. And so we met him and then we just started connecting after that. Now we've become friends, which uh-huh. I know, you know, I was able to bring Lauren into, we're doing some, some projects with Jordan and his partner, Josh, and their wives. And Lauren is one of the advisors for one of the projects now, your wife. And I'm just so excited. I'm just so excited. So you and Cherie have been on this quest on uh, to renewable resources for the earth and farming and regenerative farming. And Cherie has just like found her happy place and her calling in her life. And, and uh, so it's been so fun to watch you guys on this, on this journey. I know it's so funny because environmentalism, when I was growing up and agricultural issues and these kinds of things, it was looked at as something that people who didn't really love God looked at. Like, we're going to turn and burn. This is going to go away anyways. We don't need to steward it. But everything started in a garden with Adam. And so for me, he was stewarding the garden. That was like part of, like God said, I made this for you to steward. And it was part of how we honored God is by loving what God created. And Shri and I are just like rocked by this. And there's a lot of Christians we're finding. We've had we've had Christian flowers on and he was talking about the garden and the, the farming company his wife has. And it was so inspirational because something right. has to happen in our generation where Christians is kind of the final frontier where we steward the earth and provide solutions for all the damage humanity's done. To me, that's part of revival. It's like we're going to have scientific solutions, agricultural solutions for things where man has delineated so far off that there's no way that we can recover without God. It's incredible because Lauren loves beauty and she loves flowers yep. and plants. And a number of years ago, she started a renewable uh, vegetable garden and she's just so passionate about it. And her and Cherie are passionate about it together. And Cherie's taking it to a new level. And so I'm so excited to talk to Jordan and hear his incredible journey. So tell us a bit, little bit about him. So Jordan wrote The Maker's Diet and helped the church embrace health, which is really wow. cool back 20 years ago. Then he started Garden of Life uh, Supplements, which became one of the biggest nutritional companies, but sold that company because he saw something different. And Mm -hmm. he ended up partnering with his business partner, Josh X, who's incredible. And Josh and Jordan are regularly featured on TBN. They started Ancient Nutrition, but they've also done, I mean, they both have books. They both do consulting, uh, but they've also done a number of stuff behind the scenes for people, charities, organizations, 
that they'll get crowns in heaven that nobody knows about because they've, they've literally sewn millions in to all kinds of projects that would have never been funded without who they are. And lastly about Jordan is that he is probably because of his own experience of overcoming some diseases and sicknesses. He is like, has so much authority when he talks about health because he believes in supernatural healing, but he also believes that God put everything we need for healing on the earth. We just have to discover it. And he's discovering some things that are scientific breakthroughs that are about to come out that we can't talk about, but are, I mean, like, like I get in the meetings and I'm like, the whole world is about to change. The whole world is about to change because of this man's revelation. It's so much fun. It sounds like this guy has a huge vision. I can't wait to talk to him. Jordan Rubin up next. Hi, this is Shannon from the Bowls team. I want to tell you about an exciting offer for our brand new book, Wired to Hear, written by Sean Bowles and Bob Hassan. It's about connecting God's voice to your life, influence, and career. If you work for a living or run your own business and you desire to hear God's voice for yourself in the workplace, this is the book for you. Right now, you can pre-order Wired to Hear through bowlsministries.com. You'll receive a signed copy, a submission for a free grant, and many other exclusive offers only available through bowlsministries.com. Grab your copy today. Well, welcome back to Exploring the Marketplace. We're here with Jordan Rubin. Jordan, hi. Hey, gentlemen, how you doing? We're so good, and we're so glad you're here. You're in your farm in Nashville, or outside of Nashville. How far outside of Nashville is it? About an hour and six minutes. Point and how many acres is this farm? Uh, this is about 110 acres. We do indoor and outdoor growing, kind of a permaculture footprint, as they call it. It's a permanent agriculture, all about perennials, trying to create the garden of us out here. Wow. This is so cool. Bob and I get to come with our wives soon, like what in May or late April to visit with you and your partner, Josh Axe, and just see all that you're building. And I'm already so excited and inspired by just what you've taken on. I mean, you could have done anything and you took on food science and agriculture and like stuff that a lot of people who have the same kind of gifting don't even think about. So what started that journey? You know, I have been fascinated with food since I was deathly ill when I was 19 years old. So I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, multiple yeah. other illnesses, considered incurable. I was at what you would call the prime of my life in terms of age 19. And here I was pulled out of everything I knew and cared about. And through a painful two-year process of visiting 70 medical experts, ultimately was led to the Bible to find a plan that was really body, mind, and spirit to transform my health. And I committed during that time that whatever God used to help me, I would share with the world. And so I began to learn about today what you'd call real foods, the real food movement, whole foods, organic, even beyond organic. And I knew back then that our food choices were getting challenging, restricted, regulated. And so I made a commitment one day, I'm going to grow and raise the world's healthiest foods. And that was always in the back of my mind. And really fast forward to 2008, I was on a gosh, 250 city tour promoting a book and a TV program. And I saw something that I was attracted to is green fields. I thought, oh, beautiful agriculture somewhere in Iowa, Nebraska. If you ever, if you've ever driven there, it's sort of windmill lane, wherever I was. And as I got closer to these beautiful or what I thought was air quote, beautiful farms, I saw acres and acres of monocrop 
corn and soy. And, and it seemed like at that moment, the Lord said, this isn't beauty. This is your grandchildren's stolen future. And at that moment, I felt like the Lord called me to be a Joseph. And of course, we'd all uh, read the story of Joseph in Genesis. If we were brought up in church or Bible believers, at very least, we watched Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat or whatever. But um, I really digged in and researched what Joseph was about. And I just was never the same again. I really felt like part of my calling was to create true biblical value and wealth, something that you could stand on, something that you could feed someone with, hydrate, protect, you know, and I, I just started to understand that so much of our modern world is the emperor's new clothes, our educational system, agricultural system, medical system, financial system. And that really got me on the journey to become a farmer, oddly enough. Wow. I mean, and you're literally doing Joseph because part of what he did was interpret the dream. There's a famine coming in food systems. And I mean, like there's a famine coming in food systems and you guys are literally seeing God has solutions for that. And so kind of take us into before Bob has some questions too, but take us into some of the encounter that you had, like what, when God gripped your heart for this, what did that look like? It's been a series literally since 2008. Not only did I overcome Crohn's disease, but right after the Lord gave me this Joseph vision, I was diagnosed with what the doctors termed as terminal cancer. Now I'm a guy who had already written a health book about cancer. Mm -hmm. I had already started a very successful health and wellness company. I was filming a television show about a health book. And here I was diagnosed with cancer myself. And and I, I think that's no coincidence. Joseph obviously had a very interesting story where due to no part of his own, he was suppressed imprisoned. He was taken out of any possibility to have the success that he thought he was going to have with his family. And ultimately through a series of trials and tribulations stayed faithful and saved the world, right? And not only saved the world, but made the way for the coming Messiah. I mean, a pretty amazing story. So for me, I overcame cancer. God healed me. And I didn't want to do the same type of things I was doing, even though I had a great health and wellness business. I was writing books and doing Christian television and preaching in churches. I just felt led to start getting to my roots, getting my hands dirty, so to speak. And that journey's lasted 13 years and the Lord has revealed just amazing things. Even today, just being on the farm, I live about an hour and 10 minutes from here. So I'm not here all the time, but I am learning every day and God's word is filled with references about agriculture. If if we don't know agriculture, I think we miss 25 to 30% of the Bible when you just understand what is being communicated. And so it's really been amazing to me, but I am on a mission to feed the world through God's plan and bring an end to diseases such as cancer. So I, I have small goals, gentlemen. So sorry, I, I, maybe I should have, you know, be on that. I have very small goals. You're podcast. perfect. And you're, our, both of our wives, you're one of their heroes and one of ours too now because we've been wrangled in Bob. Lauren has a mini farm basically at your house and is always planting. She brings, she came over to our house the other day and her and Shree went out and $1,500 worth of plants, I think, were brought back to oh, plant. Awesome. Like she just, creates planting and life everywhere. She, you know, orphanage in Mexico, you're going to have a garden, you know, with, I think they have 200 orphans or whatever, Bob. I mean, just who, who your wife is too. So I, I love that this, like people that I know, a lot of people I know are starting to get gripped with food systems, agriculture, preventable diseases by the way we do life. And you're kind of the guy about that. Bob, what has that been like for Lauren? I know you guys are like on the journey too. 
we're on the journey and Jordan, your writings and your company have just empowered her and excited her. One of the things, I mean, like, I know you would talk about this all the time, but like for our listeners, you've had two major obstacles. You, you had Crohn's disease, you had cancer. Um, why didn't you give up? Why, what, what in you tell our listeners what in you rose up to say, not only am I going to get better, but I'm going to like change the world. You know, it's, it's really interesting. I think as I was a teenager on fire for God, and I was so blessed to be in an environment where the peer pressure, my peer group was pushing me to do the right things and honor God. That's very rare. And so I recognize that, but I literally thought my life was going to go spiritually like this kind of glory to glory. I didn't realize glory to glory was like this and this. And so when I was 19 in a hospital bed, being told what I couldn't do the rest of my life and terms like incurable, and you can't have children unless you're off this medication and, and literally wanting to be with God. I didn't want to die just to die, but I was trapped in a prison that was my own body. Back then, my vision was small. In other words, I just, I couldn't see what changing the world looked like, but I did have a man who taught me how to eat like the Bible. And he infused some vision into me that one day, you know, you could have, a a ministry or a message and started out working at a health food store, talking to people who came in to ask questions about their family's health needs or their own health needs. But every time God gives us that next step, I think our horizon expands. And so by the time I was diagnosed with cancer, I'd already ministered around the world. I'd written books. I started an amazing health and wellness company. And at that point, when the doctor said to me, if you don't get conventional treatment, chemotherapy and surgery within 90 days, there is a 100% chance you'll be dead. The first thing I thought of was testimony. I mean, could you give me 99, like 100? You you just don't hear about 100%. So I knew immediately that God birthed a message inside of me. And, And it's interesting. I have written a lot of health and wellness books. And I'm an open book, pun intended. I literally, if my toenail falls off and I put it back on, I'll write a book on how to put a toenail back on God's way. You know, I don't hide this stuff, but God has really kept this cancer message back some because I have a book and a message. I call it to hell with cancer. And I'm going to write that someday. And it's interesting. I've kept it for now 13 years, but I'm every day coaching people that come to me. The Lord just brings people and I'm encouraging them. I'm giving them the spiritual, physical, mental, and emotional keys to beat this disease that I believe is a lot more than just a disease. But um, to answer your question, Bob, I just think God gives us that measure of faith. And I wish I had it in every aspect of life. Sometimes I look at myself and I think, how could I not have faith in this when God did this? Kind of like the Israelites, you know, wait a minute, you're, you just saw God part the Red Sea, do something that's never been done before. And you're wondering how you're going to get a drink of water. Like where's a water fountain? So I, I, I'm like everybody else in that regard, but I do believe God expanded my horizons and to the point now where I believe that I can play a role in feeding the world and bringing healing to people God's way. Why do I think one person can do it? Because God uses the Gideons. God uses the Davids, the, the people that have been cast aside. Do you have any other sons? I mean, there's gotta be somebody else. That's, oh yeah, there's that boy out there with some sheep, you know, a few sheep. So I just feel like God called me to be one of those people. And you know, that that's, that's just his choice and his will. But I do believe everybody can unlock that God-given potential in that dream. 
And I'm intentional about it now. I have a wife who's amazing that encourages me that she's the reason that I was excited to meet Sean and Cherie because she's the one who pushes me to get connected with the great prophetic ministries and the words. And so she's actually now really stretching me. And what's great is I used to be the visionary and she's the former CPA who was supposed to see, you know, the trees and I was supposed to see the forest, but she's been an amazing encouragement to me and stretching me to even go further. But I I just don't put a lid on what God can do. I believe God can take the most seemingly worthless thing and use it for his glory. Like first Corinthians one 26 says it says exactly that. So if God can use the weakest things to bring down the most powerful, he can sure use me. So good. Yeah. There's part of me that just looks at uh, the, the side of me that had garden of life and sold that very successful company and now has ancient nutrition. I know there's many things I'm missing. I'm only missing two of the projects. And I love that you went about this because we're talking about exploring the marketplace. I love that you went about this vision and both the business side, because you could have just done ministry humanitarianism and just put a voice there, but you're being invited in as a basically a nutrition scientist all over the place. People really care about your perspective. I know when one of our conversations was a major, one of the major, you know, top five recognizable companies. Um, you could work for them in their nutrition science department easily because as a consultant, because people are so hungry for right information and what's and, and help. And so I love that you've gone the business route where you have this place of passion, but you've been in the marketplace in a real way. And you're, you're, you, of course, do charity, of course, you do other stuff. But there's something about that. Was there a, a moment in time where you're like, it's business? You know, I, I'd love to say that I read 100 business books and followed them all. But the truth is, when I was led to a substance along with this biblical diet that helped me get well, it was a probiotic before probiotics were probiotics. And it was a unique one. I didn't know any other way to get it out other than create a vehicle to market it, whether it would be through health food stores or through practitioners. And so I really started business by happenstance. I don't want to say by accident because I know God planned for it, but there really was no other way for me to do it. What's interesting though, gentlemen, is I wrote a few books, including The Maker's Diet, which was a biblical health book that really was amazing, opened so many doors, but people would start to say, you're just writing books to sell product. You're just using God's name. And and I remember as a 23 year old to look on Amazon and see people say, we should call it the faker's diet. I mean, you know, you, you don't understand how thick your skin needs to be when you put yourself out there, when you're essentially a, a kid. And I, I actually wanted to leave business. I thought it was a negative when people say, oh, you're just a great marketer. You're a great business person. So I decided the heck with that. Mm -hmm. I'm in a business in an industry where they don't want anything. This was back 20 years ago, 18 years ago, where they didn't want anything about the Bible or about God. It was very, you call it today, liberal. And and they didn't want to mix sort of faith and and natural health. They were diametrically opposed. And so I just said, you know what? I'm just going to go where I'm, celebrated, not tolerated. I started ministering in churches and started sharing my message that way. But what's interesting is when I left the marketplace and my company, Garden of Life, the company struggled and this ministry or pseudo ministry that I was operating struggled. And so I just realized I was called to something. Being described as a good marketer means you're a good messenger or communicator. And, you know, it's funny. Jesus was a great marketer. Paul was an amazing marketer, meaning how could you get a message with such 
limited means of communication if you weren't. So I just had to embrace the fact that God wired me a certain way. Business has been a vehicle and I've enjoyed it. And I, I believe that God has allowed me in many instances and empowered me to take my minas or talents and multiply them. That's really what it's about. I am all about stewardship. I can do it through yeah. ministry, through nonprofit, for-profit. But at the end of the day, we live in a capitalistic nation still, praise God. And <laughs> I think the the universal language right now is is through commerce. And so do I want to give away millions and millions and millions? Oh yeah, we've given away millions of books. We've given away millions of dollars. But at wow. the end of the day, we believe that whatever we're doing, we should do it for the benefit of others to the glory of God. And, and we do that in business. And I've been really blessed to have so many incredible relationships and I make new ones every day. It's, it's just awesome. That's so good. Sean, I didn't even know what to ask. <laughs> I, mean, you're quiet. I was looking at you. I feel like I've asked all the questions. So I look at you and it's just uh, to see. Well, I, I will follow up with just this. Um, I think it's really interesting, you know, in uh, the state of the church with the church at large, if you look at any of the major, major churches out there and I, there's great ones probably most of them don't really have that much information or understanding on nutrition science, the environment, agriculture. And yet these things are being so disrupted and they control the world. They, they really control where medical industry goes. They control where our, our livelihood goes with, with food itself. And so what would you say to somebody who is resonating, especially with that part of your message, who feels like alone in their church or alone in their space as a business person, or as maybe they're a farmer, maybe like my wife, who when we met you in Israel, she was like, oh my gosh, because she's talking about regenerative farming. We ended up moving because a part of her vision, we moved under a couple acres with a well so that we can do more in LA because LA is hard. And, and just so we can do, you know, so she could, she could speak more about this. But what would you say to somebody in those spaces? You know, I think for years, the church rejected marriage and that message of marriage and I'll call it coaching counseling from the pulpit. Then they rejected finance Then they rejected health. It's, and then you've kind of seen that change over time. And now churches have marriage workshops. They have financial workshops with great ministers, Howard Dayton and Dave Ramsey and others. And I think health is kind of the last bastion, if you will. The challenge is there are so many differing opinions on what you should do to be healthy. All plant, mostly meat or all meat in between. Uh, it, so I think that's been the challenge. But if you're somebody who is in, let's call, say you're a pastor. I have a pastor friend who is connected to me. He's in California, Rancho Cucamonga, Diego Mesa. And he has a really large church. He was diagnosed with cancer. A mutual friend, John Bevere, who I'm sure you guys know, connected us. And he was able to overcome cancer. He's lived the longest out of anyone in history with his diagnosed cancer wow. from by the grace of God. And he went and planted 250 fruit bearing trees on his church property, sent some of his team to our farm to learn permaculture. And here's the coolest part. Later, the Lord revealed something to me regarding fruit trees. And I've actually sent many people with cancer to consume what these trees he planted for reasons unknown to him at the time provided. So it just gives you an example. What did he do? Is he is Pastor Diego a nutritional scientist? No. Is he a nutritional or business person? No, he's a pastor who believed that I've got land and I might as well plant a tree because oh my gosh. agriculture is important. And then he was yeah. able to serve people 
that needed this. So do something. I mean, we just, the church kind of is, is like, we're going to do one thing and we're going to count on doctors for healing. We're going to count on financial people for financial advice and counselors for marriage advice. And, you know, if you want any type of health information, go here. The church really needs to be the answer. If the Bible's the answer, how's the church not the answer? So do something in the way of health and wellness. Pastor Diego also has a little, I'll call it a health cafe and health food store. And look, his life was changed, not because he was going to become a health professional, but he's alive and ministering to people that are now going to heaven because he took a chance to heal God's way and he wants to pass it along. And I think every church out there has people that would love to go to the church first. I used to have a vision, and I spoke this many years at church, that a headline came out that said, Christians, the healthiest people in the world, less disease, living to older ages. Like, we need proof. What greater proof could it be than that? That would be amazing. And I think that every church should be able to meet some level of need for people when it comes to health and wellness. We're good about feeding people, but we're not good about nourishing them. And I think that's really important. It would be awesome. I think it's so interesting, Jordan. In Genesis 2, God breathes life into Adam. The very next scripture, he says, go tend to the garden. And we have it right there. His first, his first directive to Adam, go tend to the garden. And yeah. here you are tending to this beautiful garden in so many areas of marketplace, uh, ministry, business. We are so thankful that you joined us. I wish we could do a, another 20 minutes, but our time's up. And next is questions with Bob and Sean. Awesome. Everything we're doing with our podcast is made possible by our incredible partners and financial contributors to our ministry. They are helping us to bring the equipment to upgrade everything we're doing to have the time and space to do this. It's a free offering we give to you. Maybe you're listening in your shower. Maybe you're listening in your car, your workout. Well, I want to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to have these incredible guests tell their prophetic process of how God's spoken to them so you can get a vision of how God speaks to you and also so that other people all around the world can have this resource at their fingertips from their smart device, their computer, their YouTube, whatever they have that they will have this this incredible resource. So go on the partnership journey with us. As a partner, you're going to receive an email and communication every month from us. We resource you with a partnership page that has literally dozens and dozens of messages that only of our partners have. We also have partnership contribution back to you where we actually give resources. You guys get stuff first. Usually at Christmas time, we have a new book come out. You guys get it before everybody else and you get it signed. I love our partnership program. I love being on the journey with our partners because they are some of our they're a team, they're a family. They're the ones who are contributing to make this happen. Come be a partner today. Go to bowlsministries.com under giving and membership and you will become a partner. Oh, this is one of my favorite segments, Bob, because we yeah. get to answer questions from our listeners. And we really love you guys. Bob and I treasure you guys and the fact that you're on the journey with us. And there's literally thousands of you who listen to every single podcast. And I know many of you have asked questions. We haven't obviously gotten to all of them yet, but keep asking and we're filtering through and going, what would be the best for our audience? And we have one today that I think is so relevant from Nathan. Hello. My question is, um, what would your advice be to someone um, in their mid twenties of a young family who's done a lot of prayer, a lot of listening, a lot of seeing, a lot of sitting with, um, local business owners, uh, local entrepreneurships, listen to a lot of podcasts, um, who can sense the desire, who can sense the call from heaven, but um, no real clue how to start 
what risks to take and what the steps the first few steps would be um for that place what would be your advice in in how to get started with an initial idea for inspiration and and a vision moving forward nathan this is a great question i'm so glad you're young and looking ahead and looking forward it sounds like you have a beautiful family and you know my first piece of advice to you would be to spend some time before the lord and write a plan, a strategic plan. It could be two pages and figure out what your mission is, what your values are, what your, what your, what your strategy is and ask the Lord to help you with that. And what are short-term, mid-term, long-term goals? And then once you've spent a little bit of time with that, find whoever in your life, mentors that you look up to, or even if you don't have a relationship with them, ask them and say, I have an idea. Could you help me? This is the best way to start um, if you think God's calling you into the marketplace or as an entrepreneur. What do you think, Sean? I think it's so good. And maybe even start a small group with two or three other people for like a limited time, like five weeks, six weeks, and incubate some ideas together. And if they already have ideas that they're working on, listen to them, pray with them over their ideas. Like just let it be a sharing group where everybody gets equal time and space. And then we had Christina Brace on who does that locally here for us in LA, Miracles in the Marketplace with her partner. And I think it's just amazing how, uh, how many people's businesses have gone to a whole nother level, especially as they prayed into them and prophesied into them. The other thing I think is that we should do something that we're interested in the genre of what we go after, unless God gives you an assignment with a little suffering in it, where it's like something you don't really like, like to do or love to do, which happens. I mean, yeah. I, Bob and I have both talked to many people. The majority of us can do, if God's not speaking to you, what do you find the most interesting, beautiful, awesome, and you're going to thrive there because you're going to have to pay a price. You want to pay a price for doing something that you would at least enjoy to be in the genre. I remember, Bob, uh, one of the guys from one of the trips that I was on came up to me and said, I really learned a lot from you. And I said, what did you learn? He goes, to follow God and do what I found was beautiful. I said, well, what are you doing? And he said, well, I've loved McDonald's all my life. So I bought three McDonald's franchises one wow. at a time. And he said, and I love it. And I'm like, I'm thinking, no, no, no. <laughs> God bless McDonald's, but it's not my place, you know. And I'm like, listen, you love McDonald's because I eat there every day. I eat there wow. all the time. He didn't look like it though. He was like super fit and awesome. Sorry if that's a judgment. But um, but he just loved it. And he says, I love doing it. And it's like the right model for me. It's the right amount of money for me. It's the right responsibility for me. And so I think that there is something where it's like there's even indicators, like he didn't hear God to do that. He just was like, Well, you're not telling me what to do. I'm gonna do something I'm interested in. I've cared about McDonald's since I was 15. I'm going to go after it. And I'm like, that's the kind of story that you want to hear where it's like somebody's doing something they're genuinely interested in. I remember for me, I was going after the video game industry and nine years in, finally got, like I got a really good opportunity, huge paycheck to be a story director for a major studio that I still play all their games. And uh, and I asked God about it. I said, do you want me to do this? Like I've been doing this because you haven't told me not to do it. And I love it. Do you want me to do this particular role? He said, you would have so much fun and you'd have a great life but do you want an appointed life? And oh. excuse me. And so I had to say, like, obviously I immediately said I wanted an appointed life, but I had to think about the sacrifice of, I would have a great life, a fun life, or an appointed life. And that was a hard, but real decision. Like I mean, it was, I was easily, easy to make it with the Lord, but it took a level of surrender. So I think no matter what we pursue, God can redirect us at any time. And it didn't cost me the redirection was actually right in line with other things he's done in my life. So it didn't ruin anything for me by pulling away from one to do the other. And I think that's a key as well. 
Oh, Sean, I love those stories. I love the idea of the incubation. And Nathan, you might look back on the Exploring the Marketplace podcast and find Christina Brace. I think you'd like to hear what her and her partner had to say. Thank you so much for your questions. And you can go to uh, bowlsministries.com and go to the button questions with Sean and Bob, and you can audio record your question and then hopefully we'll answer them. We'd love to hear from you guys, don't we, Sean? We absolutely do. It's so exciting. Thanks for listening to the Exploring the Marketplace podcast, part of the Exploring Podcast series. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing or even rating and reviewing so that more people can connect to us. Also, we'd love to be part of your spiritual journey, and we have amazing resources at our website, www.bowlsministries.com, B-O-L-Z ministries.com, including other free media, TV shows, books, and even an ongoing mentoring online platform. See you there.